This podcast is a love letter to my VAs, OBMs, and PMs out there. I see you. You started your business for the freedom. You started your business for your family. You started your business for a million other reasons that only you know. But you're stuck and you're struggling. Well, no more. Get ready to move. Get ready to grow and learn together. We're here to work through the tech, work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 66. Now, as a launch specialist for course creators and a course creator myself, I understand the importance of collecting data from my students in order to improve course success rates and student satisfaction. I also understand how time-consuming collecting that data can be. Enter Dr. Lindsay Padilla to save the day. She is the ex-professor turned entrepreneur behind Build a Better Beta, an online program that helps influential experts release courses to their audiences quickly and easily so that they can focus on their teaching. With this unique background, she is also the rambunctious host of the Academics Mean Business podcast and community, which shares the journeys of other academics who have made their leap into entrepreneurship. Today, we're talking about getting the data that you need without it taking you an eternity. So let's go ask Lindsay how she automated her market research for courses. I have been looking forward to talking to you for literally months now. <laughs> I'm really excited too because Finally. I know we've missed connections like <laughs> multiple times. So sometimes you just need to be on my calendar and then it, ha- it I happens. Know. Well, in January, we literally were like trying to have lunch together in the same Yes, room. we were. That happened. Did so. not happen. <laughs> Super happy to have you here. Can you tell us a bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So um, my name is Dr. Lindsay Padilla, as I, as I mentioned, and I am an ex-professor turned accidental entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> I, and I say it like that, like, because I mean it, like I had no dreams of exiting my profession. I spent my whole life. I got a lot of like letters after my name. I was in school forever and I landed my dream job and I loved it. I loved every second of it, but I truly did accidentally start a business and I fell through that network marketing world where I started to like make this side income and I was like, oh, this is fun. And like, I love this product and why wouldn't other people love it too? And it's changed my life and it truly did. And so when income started to come in monthly, it was helping me do things that my salary as a professor was not. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, oh, like, I think I'm going to have to go outside the institution to like build a, a real life for myself. Once that seed was planted. The rest is history. I was like, wait, why am I selling someone else's product? And like, what, you know? And so then it, you know, I fell into really though, tapping into something that I've always known how to do well, which is teach and teach online. And so I did begin a course-based service business where I was helping people build courses. And it, and it really did line up with 
my, basically everything started to make sense once I realized that I could do that and that entrepreneurs needed help with teaching. So my business actually helps entrepreneurs become teachers. And it's also helping teachers become entrepreneurs because people are seeing me and saying like, oh, so I could do that too. Or having similar thoughts about maybe starting a side income so they could um, have more time and resources and stuff for their family and for their teaching in their classroom as well. That's fantastic. Yeah. I think that um, our conversation today, which is going to be around survey method and how to automate your market research and your course updates, I think that it's interesting because um, there are, in season three, we're talking to OBMs and project managers and VAs who have already been in business for a while. Perfect. What I noticed um, as I got more seasoned in the virtual support world is that I really had to learn more about the digital marketing piece. Mm. Even though Mm -hmm. I wasn't the strategist on the team, my clients still ask me all the time, well, you know, what should I do in terms of Ah, So interesting. Our conversation will be so helpful to help the OBMs and PMs have a good answer specifically around this topic, you know, in order to be able to support their clients. And additionally, there are some OBMs and PMs and VAs out there who are now at the point where they're ready to teach others, you know, bits and pieces of what they're learning in the the market. So they're ready for, to launch their own courses and- Exactly. So I think that this will be helpful. So let's just talk about in general what our, what our topic is and what is the survey method in terms of this. Yeah. So I started to realize when I was helping lots of people behind the scenes. So no, I wasn't really a VA mm-hmm. per se behind courses, but I was behind them, right? And people were asking me for help, obviously, with structure and curriculum design um, and like, how do I make sure my students get results? So a lot of what I'm going to share with you guys today, you can take back to people that you work for who have digital programs because you are able to help them construct a better program um, using the feedback from the students. So what I I recognize happening, you know, all over the entrepreneur space of people launching courses is they put a product out there and they like record the videos and make the worksheets and sell it. And then they're like, okay, I'm done. And then they like, (laughs) maybe they support people in a Facebook group. Sometimes they don't, but then they're not truly like getting, they're not truly reflecting on how well the students are learning. Are there any gaps in the course material? Like you taught it one way, but like, are people coming in and going like, wait, I, I don't get that. Or like right. you skipped a step because we're experts, right? And so we tend to teach typically from an expert perspective and not from that beginner's mm-hmm. mindset. And so our students come in and they're beginners. And so I think the first part that I kind of want to share for everyone, whether you're creating a new course or you're supporting a CEO with their digital product is the course should be seen as something that is, that is iterative. Like you can't just create it once and like, you know, have the passive income. I mean, you could, yeah. but like if you truly <laughs> cared about your results, you're gonna want some way to get feedback from your people. And so that's where the survey method came from was me recognizing that, oh, they're not getting feedback. They're not at like really important parts during the course experience. And they're not asking the right questions in many ways. They're really thinking like marketers, like I want to know all the demographics and like why they bought my program, which is all helpful. But like, this is also a moment for you to help the student meet their goals and to help you make sure that they get results, which is going to sell our program in the future. Um, And so that's where the survey method kind of came out of. I love this. Okay, so now let's talk about how do we actually do this? What are the questions that we should be asking that we're not asking? 
Perfect. So the survey method has three steps and I'll kind of talk through each one of the like steps and that and that will kind of help you think about how you can implement it as well. So the first step is ask. So let's come up with the questions and figure out where they go. The second is listen. So now we actually have to read the data. <laughs> as a teacher, it, it was always said to me as a teacher, like don't ever assign homework or create projects or anything that you're not gonna actually read. <laughs> yes. um, and like I had those college professors that like signed papers that you know they didn't read. <laughs> so annoying. But like, so if you're gonna ask questions, like have a system in place to actually read the feedback with your team, whether it's a quarterly meeting or something like that, or yearly, annually, just make Make sure that like they're being listened to, right? And then the last step is obviously what to tweak and how and like what to pay attention to. And that's the forward, you know, marketing piece and the course as well. So ask is really where the meat of it is. What are the surveys that you can put into your course that will give you the feedback that you can use to create better products? and to actually help attract more of your ideal students. So the first survey that you wanna have is, I've seen in most courses, I would say, and that is the welcome survey. Like the, okay, you're on board, you bought my thing. This is a great time to collect information. It's a great time because it's also at the height of their confidence. They're really excited about the program. They haven't failed yet. <laughs> they yes. haven't, right? They haven't like messed up. Like it reminds me of the first day of school. Like all my students have A's. Everyone's really happy, right? So it's also the best time to make the first impression as well. And so you just want to be thinking about that. It's maybe a little bit of a side note, but like you want to ask questions that get you um, the opportunity to learn about your people from a demographics perspective, like, and psychographics, right? So I tend to ask a lot of questions around, you know, if it's relative to your industry, like how much they're making per month, like, you know, uh, how many people they have on their team, what are their team members? I ask questions like, I just want to know more about the type of people buying my course. We also ask, so I have a product that is called Build a Better Beta, where we teach people how to build courses. So I ask, where are you in the course creation process, right? And so there's, I think we give them like four phases and they select and we started to notice a trend of like where people are. So this is the kind of questions, use this survey to get as much data as you can. Cause like I said, they are invested and they're really excited about your program. So you can ask a lot of questions. So the first kind of general type of questions are related to things you would not want to know about marketing personal life if you want as well. I, I like to ask like, you know, is this your main gig or, you know, are you still in another job or like those kind of questions just so you're also collecting information in case something happens during the course experience. So if someone like is falling behind or they reach out and they say, I'm lost, I'm not whatever, pull up their intake survey. Wow. Really see the student who like bought your course. So this is a way for you to not only get marketing, but like to truly know the human being that bought your product. So when someone says, I'm a single mom, I just had a kid, I bought this because X, Y, Z, when she reaches out, I know, like, I know her on a different level. It's not just a number of someone that gave me dollars. And I think that that's a piece that's typically missing in the entrepreneur space that I didn't recognize because I obviously had an intake survey in my college classroom where I was just like, what's it like at home? Because I taught community college. Mm -hmm. So I had people that were 17 and I had people that were 70, right? right. And, and so I just wanted to learn what was home life like? 
you know, um, were they married? Did they have kids? Like that kind of stuff, pronoun usage, whatever you want to learn about your people so you can treat them as more human as they're being treated currently in other courses. So that's the demographic kind of like get to know them as a human. But then I want you to ask questions, and this is typically missing. I want you to ask questions that from social science research, I was a social scientist, I taught sociology, I did qualitative research. So um, there's Likert scale questions, like that's what those are called. They're like on a scale of one to 10, you know, whatever. So what I want you to do is I want you to look at the promises that you're making in your course. Let's say the course is about launching courses. <laughs> and so the, one of the promises is like, how comfortable are you maybe launching course products, right? And on a scale of one to 10, how comfortable, how confident, how knowledgeable, those are all ways that you can ask that. And you're getting the student to do a self-assessment. So they come into your course and they're like, oh, I'm like a three right? Or maybe they come in and they're a nine and I can help them still make improvements with my product, but I do like to know that, right? Then I ask questions like, how comfortable are you teaching live? How comfortable are you with technology? Lots of these kind of things that are related to promises that I make in my product. Right. So the magic thing that makes this awesome is we're going to revisit those questions, those exact questions in an exit survey. Okay. Yes. Yes. But before I talk about that, I want to set, there's one other set of questions. So again, just to repeat, there's questions about demographics and any personal things you want to learn about your people. There's the questions around the promises that you're making, Likert scale questions where they can rate themselves and give themselves a reflection kind of assessment. Mm -hmm. And then you want to ask questions There's different ways I've seen people do this, but you can ask like, what's your number one thing that would make you, if you got this result, like, like how would that make you feel? Like, what is your number one result you want from this program? You can ask like, what are your three goals that you want to accomplish in 90 days with my program? Like basically you're getting them to declare why they bought it. And like, you're getting them to set some sort of future goal. And what's beautiful about this is very similar to what I mentioned with the personal thing is you can actually use that in the program Mm -hmm. and you can build, this is a little more complicated, um, but if you're, you know, I'm talking to the people that do this for others, so they might be able to figure it out. You could actually do custom fields where in 90 days, you could send them the goals they set for themselves. I right? love that. So yeah. <laughs> so you could do that kind of stuff in active campaign and using Zapier and active campaign. So that's pretty awesome. So when you get them to declare those kind of things, you can remind them like why they joined, like the energy of the person they came in as. And so you can all do this in the survey. Cool. And so fantastic. And <laughs> I was like, I was nodding my head. Yes. And also getting ideas. Cause I have mm. several mini courses for VAs and OBMs. And one of the questions that I do ask that I feel really happy about is I ask an open-ended question, say, I will feel successful at the end yes. of this if, and ask Love them it. to, you know, fill in the blank in that. And yep. I think that, yeah, but I did not think of, you know, reiterating that at the end of it, mirroring it back to them. That's fantastic. I love that. And- If you get a little, you can get really good with this too. Like when people ask for refunds, like if you have a refund process, it depends. Everyone has different policies. So we don't have to get into that. But this idea of just reminding them, like 
why they invested in themselves, what they set out to accomplish and what may have gotten in the way that isn't just the curriculum. And like, you know, as teachers, like that's our job. Like our job is to say like, Hey, like you made this commitment to yourself. It's not like, I just want your money. It's just reminding them that like, I know stuff got hard. I know you haven't opened this in 90 days. I, I feel you. And like, we have this, you know, whatever. So there's ways to do it really eloquently, but that's another place that it can be used when someone comes who is struggling with your content. Okay. So I'm going to jump to the exit survey. There is a third survey I'm going to teach, but um, I'm going to teach the exit survey first because it's related to the the intro. So as you, as I, I kind of explained, you're going to want to actually pull those exact same Likert scale questions into your exit survey. Now, I do want to say this kind of explanation of an exit survey. There's kind of two types of them. So if you run a course that has a start date and an end date, and you're running it and teaching it live, and it's over, quote unquote, in eight weeks, that would be an exit survey. You would, you would send this to everyone, you know, at some point, and they finish the program. I know lots of people do lifetime support and all of that, but I just wanted to point out that there's that version of an exit survey, and then there's also kind of ongoing course support. So that isn't really called an exit survey. It's kind of called a check-in survey. So my course, Build a Better Beta, is an evergreen product, and we're welcoming in new students every week. And so I don't have an end date. And so what we do is we actually send out this survey in 90 days. Um, And so that's a nice way to just like check in to see like where people are. So I just want to highlight that because some people's programs don't have an end. Maybe it's a membership site is another way you can look at it. Okay. But I'm going to call it exit survey because it's like at the end of a length of time of learning. Okay. (laughs) Um, So you're going to take those exact Likert scale questions and you're going to have them rate themselves again. Okay. Now, if it's not an exit, you know, they're still going on their journey. You can review them and see maybe where people are getting stuck. You can see, because now you actually have data. And this is the part that I laugh about. It's like, no one is tracking like their students and how much content they're finishing. And that is a limitation sometimes of the learning management software that we use a lot of times. They don't tell us that data, but it's also because we're not asking and we can ask, which is what I'm hopefully empowering you to do today. Because what comes out of these Likert scales is if your confidence went from two to seven in launchability, even if maybe your course wasn't successful, launchability is totally a word, by the way. I love it. I love it, right? Um, if That's improvement, right? So maybe Sally didn't actually launch yet, but maybe it's because we realized that her offer was off or her audience, but like I made her get clarity there and she feels more confident. Like she has the tools or she has the whatever, right? So I can actually start using these percentages and say, of my students or like 80% of my students see growth in these categories, right? So now what I'm trying to point out is like completion is not the only thing we're really truly tracking because I buy products that I don't need all the modules. I just need a couple. It's just a textbook for me to reference, but am I still getting a result? And can somebody use you know, my information as a result. Well, yeah, only if they ask me the questions that they need to ask you, it's not just finishing. And so just kind of reframing that for people and to say, you can use this in marketing material if you're asking questions like that kind of growth, right? And like, I'm telling you, you'll get ones now, you'll start to see. Like, I think for my data, there's something like 96% of my students see growth in all the areas, right? 
because most people, they're just not thinking about it. They're, if I were to just ask them, like, are you happy with my product? They'd be like, yeah, but like, what if they didn't launch, right? right. Like, what if they didn't do the really scary thing, right? And then it doesn't mean that my product is bad. It just means it could, well, it's any number of variables. But when we ask them at that level where they're assessing themselves as an adult learner, now we're collecting data that is actually usable rather than just the main promise. And, I, and to be honest, a lot of us create courses that have promises that are really big. Yes. And it's scary. Like you, you know, like promises like getting, you know, having a consistent income as a VA right. or an OBM, like there are so many other variables that have nothing to do with how good you can teach that 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 person is not following on that path. And right. like what we're then trying to do is we're judging ourselves as teachers. Like, oh, I'm, I guess like my course isn't that good. And it's like, well, maybe they're not doing the really hard thing and it's not completely on you to get them to do that hard thing, but it is in some level of like, how can you help them move past an obstacle or something like that? I love that you have, I love that you pointed out, first of all, and then second of all, that we have other measurable data because yes. I'm a person who likes to buy courses and then skip around as well. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, like you're saying, like I know that for a lot of VAs and OBMs, they get into the middle of a mini course or something and then they realize like, oh, I got to get my systems up. Yeah, like this you is know? missing. Like, yep. Yeah, yep. before I can like actually execute the rest of this. Or something. So true. So to be able to see that, but then to mirror back to them that like there you have you have grown. grown. Yes. yes. So not only is it usable for you, but it's usable for the student, right? And I've seen so many exit surveys, right, where it's like, did you like the program? And it's like, well, yeah. Like I love you. You're great. Like I love your your outfits on your videos. I mean, people say stuff like that, and you're like, cool. cool but it's like, yeah. just like, was the content helpful? And like, and then there will be the person that's like, oh my god, I made a bajillion dollars, and you're like, yes. Yes. And, and like, that's the clear winner. But there was all this like, not real feedback. Feedback, right? It's like, yeah, it was great, and it's and it's because. We're asking them for feedback on a thing that took eight weeks. They don't remember your first lesson. <laughs> like they don't remember, like they remember some stuff. Maybe they remember the calls or how you show up in the group, but they don't remember the specifics of your content, like how the content moved them through as much as we would need feedback on. Um, and so it's key, I think at this stage at the exit survey is you're asking questions to be able to track data, but then there's also questions about the content that you can ask. So a favorite question I ask that I don't see a lot of course creators in the space asking is, is like, you know, how many live calls did you attend? What percentage from zero to 25 or 26 to seven, you know, break it up however feels good to you. How many videos, like how many modules did you finish? Like, did you do the workbooks? Just ask those like general questions just to get a gauge because right. I think it's not to judge yourself and be like, oh my God, they're not coming. But it's also their self-assessment. If Sally didn't come to any of the live calls and she's like sitting here rating herself, she's going to start to realize like, oh, I didn't put as much time in as I could have. Mm -hmm. Like that's the mindset you want the students to be into when they're talking about how much they grew in your program, because you're wanting to reflect back to them. Like you were here this is how much effort you put in here. And then this is like where you're at, right? And like, 
and of course ask also like, you know, can I use this in testimonials? Like you can ask those kind of questions. So definitely get some of those testimonial questions in. But I think the big aha for most people is like the Likert scale questions that you ask coming in and getting them to assess themselves on the way out or like in 90 days if it's an ongoing support program. Right. Perfect. So let's talk about the bridge to it. So that middle the middle yes. <laughs> this is the part where like no one is doing this <laughs> and it's really really important in the first run of your course uh first second third runs in many cases but essentially you want module level surveys now what these look like they're really simple so like they are not these long questionnaires because the student will hate you <laughs> forever right <laughs> um so what this looks like is like when someone takes module one, they watch five lessons, they maybe complete the workbook or whatever, you ask three questions and you can make it your own language, you can make it fun. But essentially you're asking, what about this? Like, what was a big aha? Like, what was the big thing that blew you away? Where was somewhere that you're feeling a little iffy on? Or where's somewhere that you wish I talked more about or where's somewhere that you like got stuck or you didn't understand so it's kind of that like middle space of like where could i add more right mm -hmm. so the questions I, I kind of actually mix those two so it's what was the big aha where do you feel like i could have added something and what was missing like what do you wish i covered now i will say this most people in many of my material when i look back at it Sometimes they get ahead of themselves. Like they're like, oh, I wish you talked about this. It's like, oh, it's coming. It's, it's module coming. four. <laughs> yeah. Either but. that or also I find that some people ask or say like, oh, something that was completely not part of the course material. Like I had somebody say like, I want, I wish social media management was part of it. And I'm like, this is a course on like systems. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. Perfect. And that can be so bad. Like this, that can give you market research, right? Because right. here is a student, if they're an ideal student for you, yes. that's telling you like, oh, I would actually like this too. Now you can sell them a different product because exactly. that was not what they bought. <laughs> but, um, I, but it's, so it's still like candid feedback. And the point is that you're, Getting that data right as it's happening. We can't wait eight weeks later, 12 weeks later, 90 days for them to tell us what module one was about, like instantly. So you're going to need to pre-frame these module level um, surveys to be completed as they go through as much as possible. Um, I also like, just because the data is so important um, to offer incentives, like, you know, a Starbucks gift card if they complete all of them, because it is, it is asking a lot of your right. people. And that is, you know, super honest. Um, I think the module specific, what, what also comes out of that data is you can actually start to see w the least amount of surveys being filled out and you're going to recognize the drop off is inevitable. <laughs> right. The first modules are the most and then it starts to drop off. But what I love to point out about that is from a teaching perspective, that's probably module two or three. Mm -hmm. And almost every person's like, wait, Lindsay, how'd you know that? And I'm like, because that's usually the meat of what you're trying to teach. Yes. And this is the new thing that you're teaching them and something else comes up. Like there, it's fear, it's like you mentioned, like, oh, I don't actually know this, so I can't do that, right? So when you know where the biggest drop off is, I just want you to reflect from a teaching perspective, like what could I add that could give them a little extra support? Because if they get over this hurdle, whatever it may be, mindset, more information, whatever, 
I know what's on the other side for them. Mm -hmm. And so it, it can alert us to those kind of things in our program where the most sticky, the stickiest stuff is for, the, for our students. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I would be super sad if I forgot to tell you about my quiz designed to help you figure out your high ticket offer. I tell VAs all the time that they need to niche down and become an expert in something because that's where the big bucks are. But what if you're not sure what that something is? Have no fear, my VA superpower quiz is here. This quick and fun nine question quiz will help you hone in on your natural skill set and then give you suggestions on virtual support paths that may be the best fit for who you are and what you like to do and how you like to work. Take the quiz now at TashaBooth.com forward slash superpower. That's TashaBooth.com forward slash superpower. had a client, she didn't do each module. She didn't do a survey in each module, but as she got more feedback, she had a great way of doing a survey kind of midway through where people got stuck. And uh, she, would, yeah. she would kind of change it, you know, every few months as, as it evolved basically. But she would say, you know, a lot of people have had a question right here. Here's an additional video, or here's a little bit, you know, here's a blog post or something that might help you additionally get over this point. And I, when I saw that in her whole system and in her automation, I was like, that is perfect. So brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it really does help people through that drop off point through that stuck point. And then there, they, we, we used to get, I did her inbox management as well. And we used to get so many emails back, just like, Oh, now I get Thank it. You. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. So you're bringing up the automation of the course feedback, right? And what I want to point out when you get to the module level specific surveys, what you might start to see is people might be asking the same question. Um, it also may be happening in your Facebook group, which is another layer of the survey method that we don't really have a ton of time to talk about, but like, you can actually collect all the questions from your Q&A calls and all the questions that are asked in your Facebook group. They should match like with the content. And so what you can start to do is say, okay, in module three, everyone asks a version of this. Let me rewatch this lesson, like, or these lessons and see where the gap is. And then you can, the way you automate this from a perspective is you don't have to necessarily re-record your video yet, but you can have an FAQ that someone on your team, someone, you know, you guys will drop in for the creator or if you're creating it yourself, but like you just put it under there, like this question gets asked a lot. Like, and you know what I mean? Yes, like you yes. may be thinking this and so you, they're going to be like, oh good. Like that is what I was thinking. And it's because you've been collecting the data. Then when you do that overhaul, which I know is becoming popular, people are overhauling their programs and making them better. You now can look at, okay, this module, like it's a little confusing or like I didn't teach it right or whatever, Facebook changed. Um, and so that really helps us kind of narrow that down. And a quick little hack from a like, implementer perspective, um, using something like Typeform or anything in Google Drive or depending on your learning management system. I personally like to have it in outside of the learning management system because um, I use Member Vault, love Member Vault. Mm -hmm. It has quiz features, but that stuff doesn't get sorted in the way that I want it sorted. Right. Um, and so we use that tool differently. But 
when you use Typeform or some sort of survey collection, what you can do is you can make one survey for module level specific questions, those three questions, versions of those three questions I asked, and you basically have the student do a drop down. So say I'm in module one or I'm in module two. Uh, so you don't have yeah. to recreate the survey for every single module. And then when you go down as a team to to listen to them, to get the feedback, you actually just sort by module and then you can be like, okay, they're all collected in a certain right. way. So that's my little quick hack. You don't have to create eight separate surveys, make it one, make it simple. And so, yeah. That's fantastic. And I hadn't thought about that, but I use uh, Typeform as well. So that's, cool. that's perfect for that. So really quickly, before we let you go, can you tell us like your top three tools? You did mention mm. MemberVault and Typeform. Are there any others that uh, you feel like would be really helpful with this process? Yeah, so Gridix is the one I was kind of alluding to in our Facebook group. I think we don't realize how much is in the groups, especially if we support, if that becomes our classroom and Facebook is a lot of people's classrooms. Um, Gridix is a tool that I believe is $15 a month, but if you want to buy like, going back a year, they charge you in one bulk thing, which is perfect actually from an expense perspective. So you can basically collect every status that has ever been posted and every comment that has ever been posted in your wow. group. Now, you're probably sitting here going like, well, <laughs> like what am I going to do with all of that? <laughs> um, I would be the one that would have to go through. You're like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not telling my person, my, my CEO yeah, this yeah. at all. Um, well, so my team has actually created a template that we plug into to help us sort. Um, and so um, I'm happy to give that to people. I, I was thinking I would give something different, but like it feels really good to like give you guys this, just like so knowing this audience. And I also just love hearing about like, because what I shared with you is not super hard to implement. But I, I love getting the feedback of like, oh my gosh, my students love me or like, because they just never were asking questions and, the, and we put in our heads like, oh, they're confused or they're not getting results. And it's like, if you don't have the feedback markers, you never get to hear from them unless they post about you, right? So I would love to hear about your students. So I'm happy to give you guys that tool. It's it, we, yeah, we manually created it um, because we audited a lot of courses and one-on-one. -on -one. Um, we still do that a little bit by like referral, um, but essentially we take people's groups and like give them, collect those questions and put them also with the module level surveys. So happy to give you guys that little resource that we created. Thank you. Fantastic. And I will link to that in the show notes as well. Cool. Grab that. So, where can people find you? Because you are such a wealth of information and I love it. Oh, thanks. Um, so I'm kind of hanging out on Instagram right now. I'm loving, I'm loving stories. I'm like, I just like branded my feed. It's coming. Um, I haven't updated my feed in a while, but it's kind of fresh for me over there. So I'm at Dr. Lindsay Padilla is the handle. And it's also the same forward slash for my business page, Dr. Lindsay Padilla. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Cool. That's it for this week's episode. Make sure you head on over to TashaBooth.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes and grab your free download so that you can start implementing what you've learned right away. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a comment and subscribe. Remember to keep smashing your goals and pushing forward. You're doing a great job.